You're listening to She's Called and Confident, a podcast dedicated to helping fierce Christian female leaders cultivate inner confidence, follow their passion, and make an income while making an impact. I'm your host, Yolanda King, a mom, wife, entrepreneur, and empowerment social worker. I'm obsessed with helping women conquer their fears and move past stuck so they can tap into their potential and lead with joy while pursuing their calling. Each week, I will bring you an episode to help elevate your mindset, keep you inspired, and empower you to keep God at the center of your life. Ready to unlock your potential and live out your calling with confidence? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the show. So I'm so excited to bring on our next guest speaker. You guys, I found her online. Facebook gives you like groups to join like recommendation and everything her group popped up and what I like the title of it was so interesting um given the fact that I've personally searched for Facebook groups for women in ministry um and sometimes like I've seen some but that doesn't really catch my attention but this one caught my attention y'all Lauren De Silva is a mom of three littles. She's a wife, an entrepreneur, and her background is in social work, y'all. Like, <laughs> when I found that out, I was like, me too. So I, was, I definitely had to bring her on. Um, she helps women in ministry avoid and stay out of bitterness and burnout. And I don't know about you, but I personally um, been in burnout mode a couple times in my life. And it Here's the thing, it doesn't matter how much you love what you do in your career, ministry, leadership, business, if you don't properly take care of yourself, you could very much run into this. And that's not what we want, right? And we definitely want to avoid any feeling of resentment towards our calling or resentment or bitterness. So I thought, man, I definitely have to bring her on and have a good conversation with her. So you guys, without further ado, here is Lauren. Lauren, I'm I'm yes. very happy that you um, accepted my invitation to just kind of like chat a little bit about your business ministry because I sure. found you online. I don't even know how I found you, but the name of your Facebook group really um, intrigued me because I don't see very many Facebook groups um, like yours. Lauren, so I want to start the podcast um, episode by just asking you a fun question. Sure, okay. let's do it. <laughs> okay, so the fun question is, what do you feel is your superpower? <gasps> mm, okay, I, have, I, feel, I feel like I have two, if I'm allowed to have two. Um, number one is empathy. Um, and really being able to sense, um, and make safe any feeling. I'm not intimidated by people's feelings. I love all of them. They're all welcome at my parties, you know, just bring all. And like, I think that that helps people feel safe with their own feelings. Um, which a lot of people, most people really aren't. And then the sec my second superpower is strategy. And I can see away through the wilderness to wherever we want to go and I know how to take bits and pieces of all the information all the craziness and just like bring calm and plot away a course through the craziness um and so what I like to do is just 
bring one of my challenges lately has been to bring this strategic superpower and my empathetic superpower and put them together. Um, and so these days I kind of like to think of myself as a interpersonal strength strategist. How do we, how do, how, how do we strategize a strong pathway to or a, a safe pathway to strong relationships? Oh my gosh, I totally love it. Like I'm like girly geeking out right now. <laughs> that is so awesome. Which is probably, Lauren, one of the reasons why I saw your material and I fell in love with it. I just messaged you all like, just like, oh my gosh, I love your work, right? Like a total fangirl. <laughs> um, so I just kind of want to get to know Lauren a little bit. Like who is sure. Lauren? How did she get here? All right. so. I am Lauren. Um, I'm South African living in Waco, Texas in the US. Um, and so my Facebook group uh, is called Women in Ministry Avoiding Bitterness and Burnout. Um, and I, like you, also haven't seen, like I've been looking for Facebook communities specifically for women in ministry, and there are a number of them, but very, none of them at least that I could find are um, dedicated to the holistic health or the health of the person, you know, the woman in ministry. So the communities that I found, and I found some incredible um, online communities for women in ministry leadership that help her hone her craft, help her, um, become a better leader, help her, you know, because ministry leadership can look so different depending on your context. Um, and so the groups that I'm in, I'm, I found groups for women, women in youth ministry, women in who are executive leaders, women who um, are doing pastoral care, women who lead women's ministry. But I also didn't see anything that served the health and the vitality of the woman herself. Um, and so I just kind of was like, well, that's something that I would have loved to have when I was serving in full-time ministry. Um, and then I just kind of chuckled to myself and said, well, I guess it was kind of sarcastic me going, well, of course <laughs> we wouldn't have been talking about, you know, how healthy we are. Uh, that conversation just wasn't happening. And so I said, well, I guess I met then, you know, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's really me. And I think what really stood out to me was like, um, avoiding bitterness because like, let's be mm. honest. Oh yeah. Being in ministry comes with like so many different ups and downs emotions. And so I just thought that it would be really good and um, interesting to have you on the podcast um, because I have been in ministry, I am in ministry. Um, and so the reality is that a lot of people, when they first get into ministry, I don't think they understand all the way the emotional roller coaster or yeah. how much, um, how much growth is going to take, um, require of them in the aspect of, um, of not becoming, hurt by what others you know are gonna say mm -hmm. and not becoming 
you know, bitter or upset with or resenting the ministry itself. What kind of ministry were you in? Um, so I worked in pastoral ministry um, for my local church. I've actually done a whole bunch of stuff. My first ever job in Christian ministry was for a parachurch organization that served youth pastors and youth ministries. Um, and then I transitioned out of that into working for my local church, starting out in um, a very administrative role. And then over the course of about eight years, moving from that to um, leading and managing all the staff in our office, managing or supervising their leadership development and pastoral care of our leaders um, and having a significant leadership role over or kind of um, leading the various departments in our, how we kind of divided it up was leading the, the ministry departments that oversaw age groups. And so everyone from child, children all the way up to adults managing the leaders who um, worked on the discipleship and pastoral care of all the different people in our church. And my background is uh, social work. And so I am a social worker who ended up in full-time ministry. And then when I transitioned out of that role at our local church, which was about eight years long, that's was, that's the time that we moved here to the United States. And, um, I worked at a nonprofit for two years, a Christian nonprofit um, that trained American missionaries to work overseas in third world contexts. What did you see that made you kind of like, you know what I need to do? I need to um, create this support group uh, slash Facebook group. So I think my biggest teacher has been my own journey. Um, And I entered into ministry and I think everyone does um, with my own baggage from childhood um, and my own brokenness from childhood, which was not tended to very well. Um, and so I was kind of left to my own devices when it came to figuring out what a healthy human is and does, um, which is kind of ironic that I ended up in social work, but you know, that is what it is. Uh, and I, my first experience, and this was me as a young adult with very little real world experience, um, and also on my own healing journey, um, in the parachurch organization, I experienced burnout, severe adrenal burnout at the ripe old age of 21. And I, the most visceral memories of my life was me driving down a very busy road in the town where I lived and suddenly being overwhelmed with severe and intense chest pain so bad that I had to pull my car over. Um, and I was barely 21 years old and it was the biggest wake up call that I think up until this day I've ever had. Um, and so I went straight to the doctor's office and he looked over my charts. Um, and he looked at me and said like when, how, he said, from the last time I've seen you to now, you've lost a lot of weight. And I hadn't even noticed. And I don't know, I'm sure a couple of people in my life had noticed, but they didn't say anything. I'd lost a lot of weight. I had been very sick for almost a year, like on an, in and out of work, not being able to come to work because of illness, 
respiratory issues, um, nearly hospitalized for respiratory issues. And then that final straw was that intense, intense chest pain while I was driving. And the doctor just said to me like this, he did a, a, a full exam. He tested my heart, hooked me up to all the machines. And then he just said to me, there is nothing physically wrong with you. But he said, I don't know what you do for a living, but it is, it's going to kill you if you don't change something about how you manage this. And that was a massive, massive wake up call to me about my trajectory. And this was just at age 21. And that moment for the next six months took me on a path where I realized how incredibly dysfunctional my work environment was, how um, codependent and in a way emotionally abusive my um, relationship with my superior, my boss was. And that entire situation culminated in, so after that intense physical experience culminated, I think three or four months after that with a massive emotional breakdown, um, which I just could not continue anymore. And so that took me into uh, my therapist's office. It led to me resigning from that position just for the sake of my own health. And in many ways was the, one of the biggest spiritual awakenings I've ever had. Um, and it took me back to Matthew, uh, and I could be wrong about this, Matthew 28, where Jesus said, everyone who is um, heavy laden and burdened, come to me and I will give you real rest. And in the message version of the Bible, um, it says that, come with me, come live with me, come walk with me, and I will show you the meaning of life, and I will show you the rhythms of rest. Um, and I read that scripture, and I said, if this is what faith is supposed to look like, then how, as me, as someone who is in quote-unquote religious leadership, I've never experienced what Jesus is describing in this text. And that led me to taking really taking scripture, not literally in a super literal sense, but examining the kind of lives that I saw our heroes of faith living and comparing them to my own and going, these are two different lived experiences. Why do I see, why does Jesus say that following him and serving him is marked by rest and peace, but my life is full of anxiety um, and pain why, when I read scripture, do I see, like when I read the epistles and all the letters that Paul was writing to the various churches, I was struck by how many friends he had. You know, he was, he was saying, and this person and this person and goodbye to this person. And I, and I said to myself, if Paul, who is one of the fathers of our faith, has this rich, deep, beautiful social life, why am I so lonely? And then I started to really question all of these unsaid assumptions around what it meant to be a leader in Christian ministry um, and really just took it upon myself to build the kind of life at that stage. I didn't have children, but to build the kind of life in ministry because I took my calling very seriously and I hadn't felt uh, released by the Lord from the calling, but 
that I did not use it as an excuse to be miserable. And I thought to myself, like this whole martyrdom act that we put, we put on ourselves um, is completely unnecessary. Um, and I, I don't want to say the word that's coming to my mind is a little bit just ridiculous, but I guess that's not the right word to say, but I just, I just think it's completely unnecessary that we hurt ourselves the way that we do in Christian leadership today. And I don't think, I think that in the Western church where we are not persecuted for our faith, the way our brothers and sisters in the East and um, are, I don't think that there's any reason we should be persecuting ourselves, if that makes any sense. That makes all the sense. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> because um, you're absolutely right. Like, I have no idea why the hustle, the grind, um, the running yourself out is glorified. Like, it's something to do. Like, if you're not doing that, then you're not working hard enough. Um yes. I, I don't agree with it, and I'm happy that you shared that because I feel like so many women in ministry um, don't have that balance, and because it's ministry, they almost feel guilty if they don't give all themselves without properly taking care of their body, without being a steward of what God has given them. And I love how you in like embedded scripture, and it's like if we're thinking of being like kingdom people, um, kingdom driven and kingdom scripture, we need to follow everything. And Jesus Christ um, showed us how to do ministry and that like, you know, Paul's letters all about rest and, and joy and relationships. And how come we are not doing this? And that I just think that it's absolutely beautiful what you are doing. Um, and I'm just kind of interested in how do you help? So let's say um, I come to you right now and I'm just like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm burned out. I don't want nothing to do with this ministry. Um, like, what do you do? What kind of practices do you do? All right. So what I would say is that I hope that someone would come to me before they are there before they're at the place where I was um, with the chest pain and the emotional meltdown and just like, you know, that in intense burnout. Um, what I, I took everything I learned from that first experience in ministry and I applied it into the second run that I got for eight years. Um, and in many ways was equally dysfunctional <laughs> when it comes to organizational culture. But one of the, um, I made it my mission to thrive no matter what. And I just decided I don't care what the organizational culture is like. I don't care what the unwritten rules are. I don't care what the expectations of me as a woman are going to be. I'm going to live in a parallel universe within this organization. And I'm going to fulfill my calling. I'm going to run well and I'm going to finish strong and I'm not going to be a statistic of one of those people who dropped out of ministry um, because of burnout or because of moral failure, which in my opinion is strongly connected to the, ex I think moral failing is the exact same root disease as um, what that, that, that causes burnout. And so what I would say to someone who is starting to experience bitterness and resentment, and that's why that is inside my group name because those feelings of resentment and bitterness, and that could be towards your superiors, that could be towards your colleagues, 
that could be towards God, that could be towards our congregants and the people that we're leading, those emotions are like the warning lights on our car's dashboard. And so just like our vehicles have built-in systems and checks in place to help us repair damage before it is irreparable, our bodies have the exact, not exact the same, but our bodies have similar systems in place. And so um, emotions are, in my opinion, one of the most underrated gifts given to us by God in our um, bodies and in how we were made and how we were designed. Um, And they really are our warning lights. And so bitterness and resentment is the number one. That's like your engine light flashing like, hey, we're overheating. Hey, there's not enough oil. Hey, you need to go for a service. And so if someone comes to me with that, then we what we do is we just dive so deep into those emotions. And I think that the, our culture, and this is not a ministry culture, but I think it's worse than evangelical culture. Um, but it's, I think it's also a Western thing where we have created a hierarchy between what parts of us are more holy and less holy and more valuable and less valuable in the work that God has given us to do. Um, And so we are going to embrace our emotions as gifts to us. And we are going to heed the invitation extended to us by our emotions of bitterness and resentment and anger, because those emotions and the relationships or the situations that they are connected to are our warning signs saying this relationship is going to cause a problem or is causing a problem or this situation is causing a problem and it needs to be addressed and something needs to be fixed. And so if we are in that place, then we do preventative um, and repair it. I don't know, reparative uh, repair work, you know, that we basically, if you're a vehicle, we're taking you in for it. We are checking you out and we are taking you in for a service. We're taking your relationships for a service. Um, and the kind of things that I like to do with people is help them figure out what their emotions are trying to say to them. We do boundaries work because boundaries, um, are our best defense because they keep us safe and they enable, they create capacity in our lives to run well and finish strong. Um, if there are any physical concerns then I work very closely with a integrative mental health professional. She's a licensed counselor, but she also um, helps people work on root root cause medicine. So what physical root cause is impacting or causing this mental health issue or vice versa? And so her and I work together um, and help people. We just do things like get people on the right supplements, right? Because sometimes... And especially in today's day and age, we are completely disconnected from our physical bodies as well. And if we don't, I mean, we barely take care of our physical bodies, let alone our emotional bodies. And so it really is just a holistic look at where you're at, what's going on, and how can we move forward in a healthy and constructive way. And my goal really is not for a woman to have to say, I need to walk away from this to be healthy. If we catch it soon enough, 
we can say how what structures and measures can we put in place so that I can thrive no matter what is going on around me. Um, and I think that one of the ways we start is just by talking about it, you know, and I think that as women in ministry, we all, in most contexts, we are at a disadvantage because it is sometimes feels like an old boys club and our emotions are often discounted as hysterics, um, not real, but I think that they are absolutely valid and given to us by God. And we always start there. Okay, Lauren. So what would you like, I want you to speak from your heart right now. What would you say to women who are experiencing these types of emotions, these types of burnout? Because I know so many of us have, have experienced this. Right. I would say, first of all, you are absolutely not alone. And it is to all of our disservice that we don't talk about this more. Um, I, I grieve that ministry is almost like a show and that there is a stage and that there is a behind the curtain life and that they are often so different. And that is not God's best for us. I feel like we as the leaders of our faith communities are not seen for all that we are. And it hurts us. Oh, I'm getting emotional. And it hurts the people we're leading. Because we, our show is not their real life. And they, how can we, how can people follow us where we are not being authentic? You know? Um, so the first thing I would say is that you're not alone. And that hiding is to your disservice. Um, and the second thing that I would say is that it is like absolutely unequivocally realistic to think that you can flourish. You can flourish. It doesn't matter if your boss is crazy. It doesn't matter if the patriarchy is awful. It doesn't matter if the expectations are unrealistic that you can Create the kind of life that you are proud to show your children, that you are proud to share with your congregants, that you are proud to write about in a book or to show the world, um, and that it is completely possible to run well and finish strong. And I feel like as women in ministry leadership that we are uniquely positioned because of how God wired us to lead the movement or to lead this, a change that I believe is completely necessary within Western Christian leadership. That we have been given the raw material just by virtue of how God made us to revolutionize Christian leadership culture and the expectations on us to be perfect, you know, and boundaryless really. Um, and that's BS. I'm going to call that. Um, and so you're not alone. You can flourish. And also you can flourish in all the things. You don't have to choose between your calling and your family. You don't have to choose between your calling and your marriage. You don't have to choose between your calling and your kids. That you can build a life that is flourishing, that is good, that is healthy, that 
shines the glory of God in all things. And you can shine the glory of God in being 100% who you are. It doesn't have to be a show. And it's just like, this is the thing that I've realized about skills. And like, I will share a little bit about myself is that I, I made a joke with someone the other day is that if there was a poster child for being unboundaried, it was me. There was nothing about my upbringing, nothing about my conditioning as a child, nothing about my early ministry and social experience that predisposed me other than the brokenness and pain that caused that has positioned or equipped me for this. That means that this is not a personality type. It is a skill that we can learn and that we can master. And just like we learn how to walk, just like we learn how to ride bikes, just like we learn how to blow wave our hair, just like we can learn to put on a face of makeup or how to use our phones, we can learn how to steward our emotions and our lives and we can learn how to step, we can master establishing boundaries no matter what because it's just something we practice and we get better at and we kick butt in the more that we do. And so don't be fooled into thinking that your work environment needs to change for you to be healthy. You need a change for you to be healthy and you can absolutely do that. Wow. Man, I can't even say anything else. So you have something coming up and I know that some of the people listening want to know more about you, want to know more about your story and how you got here. Uh, but you have something very special to share with, uh, with women in ministry. Um, can you share a little bit about what's happening um, later on this month? Yes. Uh, so September 15th in the Facebook group, which is called Women in Ministry, Avoiding Bitterness and Burnout, I am hosting a four-day-long workshop on establishing healthy boundaries. And it's we've given it a very tongue-in-cheek name. It's called How to Establish Boundaries Like a Boss Without Being a Bitch. When we were speaking to women and asking them, what are your biggest challenges in this area? The, the two biggest challenges were, I have no idea what to do and how do I do this without being a jerk? And so we are going to do a four day long free workshop on how to go from start to finish establishing boundaries that are healthy, that are firm, but are also kind and loving and how to summon your courage to do it. Um, and so, yeah. That's what we're doing um, in the Facebook group. It's four day long. Basically what that looks like is one teaching, which is done by video a day. And then everyone, all the participants are going to get a, a workbook that they can print and down, download and then print and keep it home. Awesome. Okay. And so we have your Facebook group, which I'm going to put the links down below on our show notes. Um, is there anywhere else where um, anybody could find you that where you hang out? Yeah, so I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. On Lauren, it's Lauren De Silva, um, and my I do have a website. It's laurendesilva.org, um, and on there, there's a little bit more about um, what I do. I have got a couple of free freebies, guides, quizzes on there, um, and 
also, if you wanted to book a coaching with me, so I do, I do private coaching for people um, where we just sit down with you for uh, 45 minutes at a time and figure out where are you, where do you want to be and how are we going to get you there? Um, and I also have a group coaching program, uh, which I'm calling the Flourishing Blueprint, um, which is coming up in October and that more information about that will be on the website as well. Okay, awesome. So one last question before you leave. Um, yeah. what, what does confidence mean to you? Confidence is courage and authenticity to me. Having the courage to be unapologetically who you are and to shine as brightly as you were made to shine. Yeah, not holding any of it back, not out of fear for yourself and not out of fear of making someone else feel bad, but just being. Nice. Wow. I love it. Short and sweet and to the point. Okay, Lauren. So um, thank you so much for being here. Um, it was honestly, it was refreshing to talk about this topic because I know I've been there um, in ministry on the brink of burnout um, and so many women experiences and we don't have to. Um, we can live a life off of rest and ease the way God intended and still fulfill our calling, um, be who we need to at home and just live that um, beautiful, abundant life that Jesus came. So thank you so much for, um, for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. And I'm so glad I got to speak to you more. Wow, 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 wow. What I tell you guys, <laughs> man, this conversation was so good that I just want to encourage you guys to check out her Facebook group, um, especially if you are a woman in ministry, you might not feel burnout right now or any type of um, bitterness or resentment, but you just never know. And as the Proverbs 31 woman, she laughs at the days to come because she is prepared Gather the resources right now to avoid burnout, to avoid bitterness in the thing that God has called you to do. Um, that is the last thing I want for you guys. And so it, I hope you guys took notes. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I hope you guys took notes because I truly believe that we cannot talk about this enough. Um, especially us as women of God, we need to hold this sacred. We need to gather together and build our relationships because that is exactly what the enemy wants he doesn't want us to unite because i believe that when women of god stand united we literally can change this world upside down i mean think about it we are like the nurturers and and the people and the people who care and um not to say that men don't do that but you know what i'm talking about we literally have a passion to help others um, and so you guys, I encourage you to check out her Facebook group and check what she has going on. So if you like this podcast episode, please leave a rating and review. This helps the show get more exposure. Um, and I would immensely be grateful for you to do that. So until next time, talk to you guys soon.